Hello and welcome to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I'm your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendyka. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here. We are locked in. We are ready to go with another loaded show of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. But first, before we go on, I want to say this episode is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. You guys are code ALWAYS RIGHT, all capitals, no spaces, ALWAYS RIGHT, for 15% off all of your Righteous Felon Craft Jerky products. Make sure to go to RighteousFelon.com. You can get the bundles, you get sticks, you got turkey jerky, you got regular jerky, you got everything in between. There's only one thing to do, and that is to go to RighteousFelon.com. Use our code ALWAYS RIGHT for 15% off. Yeah! And make sure to say thank you to each and every one of your friends and family because they're going to be getting it for you at Christmas because they're all listening to the show right now. Um, but, Mike, we got a loaded show. We got the Alex DeBrinca trade. Finally, it happened. We manifested it into reality. We've got some college football preseason talk. We've got our last of the AFC Divisional Rankings. Um, and we got some wrestling check-in we got to do as well. So lots of fun stuff on the docket. Um, but let's just, ju- let's just jump right in here. Um, you know, we got Red Wings news. Obviously, probably the biggest news in the Detroit sports world over the last week, I would say, is Alex Dabrinkit. He's here. He's a Michigan native, and now he's officially playing for his hometown team in the Detroit Red Wings. Um, finally, you know what's annoying is I knew after we talked about, uh, you know, the possibility of him coming here that he's going to get traded like 25 minutes after I post our show. And then sure as shit, that's exactly what happened. So. Well, you're going to trade the night before. Yeah, that's true, I so, guess. but It was like seven after, seven after, after he recorded. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, it's fine. Um, in the trade with the Ottawa Senators, the Red Wings send Dominique Kubalik, Donovan Sobrango, who is a um, minor league player at the moment, a conditional first-round selection, and a fourth-round pick in the 2024 ent- NHL entry draft. Uh, in addition to that, um, Debrinkit signs a four-year, $7.825 million contract. Um, talk to me, Mike. Thoughts? Excitement? Do you care? Do you not care? Does this move the needle at all for you this season for the hopes of the Detroit Red Wings? Because I've been following this really closely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you couple it with what they've done in the offseason, you know, kind of adding some more depth guys, right? Like the middle of your team, your center position is pretty stacked at this point. Um, I I mean, this really to me is like, oh, this is the move that every Red Wings fan is like, okay, eyes are plan in effect. Like mm-hmm. this is the first step of that is okay. Like we're starting to be rewarded a little bit for some patience in this somewhat aggressive maneuver by the Red Wings. Yeah. Um, I mean, aggressive for someone who really wants to come here. I don't know if it was like super Well, I mean, aggressive in the sense of, hey, let's go get the guy, right? Yeah. Let's go get him. Let's, you know, let's make sure that, you know, we've got him, you know, locked into a to a contract that we're comfortable with, which mm-hmm. I love, by the way, where, you know, he's 25. He's going to hit free agency at 29 again, right, where you can re-up him if he's playing well. You're getting the prime of prime years of Alex Dabrinkit, mm-hmm. theoretically, right, yeah, with this so, deal. Yeah. So, that to me was really exciting. I just think it was one of those situations where I think all Red Wings fans could breathe that sigh of relief of, okay, like we, we've done something substantial now where you can feel like, okay, all of these smaller moves, the Andrew Cops, the JT Comfers of the world are like, okay, that's fine, but they're not 
so much better where it's like, oh, you're truly moving the needle to becoming in real playoff contention. I think this move Mm -hmm. and what it means for Lucas Raymond, what it means for Dylan Larkin, what it means for everybody else on this team is you've now got a guy who's a legit sniper, Mm -hmm. a 50-goal scorer potential type of guy, and you're bringing him in and going, hey, we're putting him on the top line. We're We're allowing people to have to think about more than just Dylan Larkin, right? Lucas Raymond's going to have more space to breathe. Everybody else is going to benefit from having this kid out there. That's where I think everyone went, okay, finally we've made a move where I can feel like that's a legitimate, impactful signing slash trade slash whatever acquisition yep. that you can go, okay, like that's a that's sure. a first-line move we just made. Yeah, I think, I think my only concern <clears throat> from listening to um, – more hockey heads yeah, yeah. than I am. Yeah, shout out um, to the Wing Wheel podcast, by the way. If you're yeah. a big hockey like Red Wing fan, they do a fantastic yeah, job. Yeah, I've gotten hooked on like the locked on. Yeah, those are good stuff. Too. Yeah. So for like sure. they have one for every team, yeah. you know. So yep. I, I'm, a, you know, I go into the yep. the Seahawks, the Lions ones, because mm-hmm. they have guys who are like in depth every game reviews, stuff right. like that. Yeah. And they were just saying how they're not super. Confident on the defensive end for Debrinket. No, he's he's more of an offensive oh, yeah, threat, absolutely. obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know Red Wings defense hasn't been the best, right, in the last you know couple right. of years and stuff. So I think that is my one concern is mm-hmm. him improving on the defensive end yep. and helping out there because obviously you can go out and average a goal a game, but also yep. if you can't play defense and you know your yep. your guys are going right by you and they're scoring. It, it evens out to the point where I don't think it's a, as much of an advantage. Yeah. So I just need to see uh, more defense from him and, uh, you know, getting that part of his game up. Yeah. But the offensive side, like you said, I don't think there's, you know, 50 you know goals a game, you know, yeah. or 50 goals in a season. Right. I, you know. Well, and that's the thing too, right, is I think what you've done and in, in, in acquiring a guy like this, right, is I think you've allowed yourself – and some of the signings that they've made as well where you go, man – the depth on this team is pretty damn solid right mm-hmm. now, right? And the problem is, is that the whole division is pretty damn solid right now. <laughs> You're looking at some of the competition you have in the division and in the conference. You know, there's four or five teams that you're looking at where you're going, yeah, they're probably already in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, and so it's going to be a tough, tough ass. So it's out. It's opposite of what the Tigers are dealing with right now. Yes, exactly. Where everybody's pretty darn good, rather than everyone's hot garbage. Yeah. Um, and you're four games away from. Maybe being the best team at under five hundred. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Just Cle- so Yeah. There. What is it? Cleveland is the front runner right now. I think in the division. Something like that. Yeah. yeah it's I think they're like a half a game ahead of whoever's next. Who also has a losing record. So yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think there. the team that's in the lead right now has like a five hundred record right now. I can, like, I can fact check that for you yeah. right now, and it would be really funny. Uh yeah. So oh no, Minnesota. Minnesota. 47-46. Oh. So if we just said yesterday, it probably would have been 500. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I listen, this is something that I think, like I said, fans have been asking for. Yeah, is he not going to light the world up defensively? No, I, I agree with that 100%. However, what I do think is that you've, you showed a pretty substantial improvement from last year to um, two years ago um, under Derek Lalone where your defense improved really – quite high right and i think that by putting more pucks in the net i think is at the end of the day it's almost like the offense is the best defense in this situation right where you have more of an offensive zone presence you have more pressure um on the opposing team's defense i think that's going to kind of shake itself out a little bit i don't think anybody is bringing him here with the illusion 
um, that he's all of a sudden going to become this amazing two-way player where he's just, you know, Mr. Lockdown and everything. But I do agree with you. The defense is a bit of a concern. Mm -hmm. But if he's putting 50 goals in a year, you know, like if he honestly puts up 35 goals this year, I, I, I don't care. Like, I really don't care, you know, because I think that means Larkin's going to be better. It means Raymond's going to be better. It means guys like Andrew Copp are going to be better. Like, there's just so many things that it's it's such a trickle-down effect mm -hmm. where I think they now have a legitimate good first line. You know, and, 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 like, no, make no mistake, right? Alex Dabrinkit is not a top-five player in the NHL. He's not. Mm -hmm. But is he a top 40, 50 player in the NHL? Yes. And, it, you know, it's not the, he's not a superstar, He's a star, right? And I think that's the difference, right? You know, using the Madden terms, right? Like, oh, he's got star dev. Oh, that's really nice to have. Oh, he's got superstar dev. Oh, shit, that's amazing, right? You know, that's kind of where, where I'm at with it. But love the move. Thankful um, the Wings were able to get it done. I think it's kind of revitalized a lot of people um, in the hockey community, at least locally here, where it's like, okay, like, Stevie's making some moves, right? It's a lot easier to be excited when you have a guy bring in here where you have some proven track record of, of some big playability rather than signing a guy like JT Comfort to five years where you're like, okay, that's good. Like, you know, mm -hmm. he's a solid, you know, middle line guy, you know, had set career highs last year, but he also played for Colorado and Colorado's awesome. So it's like, nah, I don't know how excited I can be about that. Um, you know, I, I just really think that the, the plan is slowly but surely starting to, come together a mm -hmm. little bit, which is fun. And that really kind of starts the real clock for Iserman of, okay, what do you got, right? Because now you've got a four-year window here with, with the Brinkett here. You've got Larkin signed long-term. You know the Lucas Raymond contract's coming up. You know Mo Sider's going to get a new deal pretty soon. So it's like, okay, the salary cap's going to be increasing by roughly 5 to $10 million over the next two seasons. Time to make some moves. Time to start making that push, right? Mm -hmm. So it's exciting. Finally, some good things to talk about your Red Wings other than, oh, they may be in a playoff push. Oh, and we're no longer in the playoffs. Got it. Um, so that's exciting. Looking forward to seeing what this new look Red Wing team uh, kind of comes out with. Uh, let's shift focus, though. Let's go to the gridiron. Let's talk some college football preseason talk. You know, we're like, what, 40 days away, something like that, from the start of the season? Um, probably... 40 50 yeah something like that i don't know i can't do math i'm not good um if you count like week zero yeah it's like yeah i think it's like 40 or something yeah. so we're almost there a little over a month away uh before michigan starts to trek out on another chance to become national champions before blowing it in the national semis in front of everybody but it's fine mm -hmm. um well we've got what do we got mike okay so we got our uh, so two days ago, yeah, we got our college football ranking 2023 projected preseason AP top 25. Okay, who's this from? Uh, this is from um, Fan Sided Sports. Okay, so I don't. Uh, yeah, they're kind of like a. I can't imagine. I can't imagine the most credible people out there, but they yeah. make a list and we react. To it. That's what we do out here. <laughs> And they, you know, because, you know, college football doesn't want to release their actual AP ranking until like a week before. So I don't know what the hell they're waiting for. What's the difference? Yeah. We're just like, waiting for that injury <laughs> just in case. Oh, yeah. McCarthy hurt his thumb. Okay. Well, Michigan's 12th. Now. Yeah. Now they're 12th. Like, yeah. I don't think it's going to change drastically from uh, now to week zero, but, you know, yeah. what are you going to do? Exactly. So uh, we'll start uh, top to bottom because we do we, I guess, do you want to go? No, I couldn't we, care less. So if we go through all 25, we probably want to start from 25. Yeah. I don't. I, let's How just far get down to like are we going to go? 10 and be done with it. <laughs> okay. 
All right. So I, I really don't care. So I'll have you guess some of these. Oh, jeez. But is this rough? Is this is this no, a bit? Okay, no, it's not. It's it's. I think it's pretty straightforward. Okay, I'm just making sure. All right. Num- who do you think they have as number one going into the year? Georgia. You would be correct. Okay. I mean, it's pretty hard. I mean, I get it. Like they lost quite a bit of talent, but it's also yeah. hard to be like you won back to back national yeah. championships. I will say. Uh, Twelve months ago, they said the same thing, and yeah. they also then just went fifteen and zero and won the championship. So right, yeah, it's That's hard. True. It's hard. Like it's like like, like yeah. last year, we were going into season going, man, they lost, lost a linebacker yeah. and a whole bunch of defensive guys and a couple receivers. I don't know if they're gonna all oh, fifteen and zero. <laughs> okay, cool. So <laughs> losing the quarterback though is pretty hard. Yeah, yeah that is the one. They difference. had that. They had the dude uh, come in in like the second quarter of the national championship because, you know, they were winning by 40 already. And, uh, <laughs> and he tore it up. Too. And he absolutely killed TCU's defense. Yeah. Who had their starters out still. And he was just easily walking down the field on them. Yeah. So I, don't, I mean, it's Georgia. They got five stars galore probably. So yep. I, I they're the new that, They're the new big dogs in town yeah, until yeah. someone says, no pun intended. But yeah. all right. Number two, who we think? Um, I don't know. It, I don't want to be this person, but I'm just gonna say I think Michigan should be there. They are there. Okay, you good. Are right, I was yes. gonna say like I I don't I didn't want to be accused of being like come on, but I'm like this is the best Michigan team Harbaugh's ever had. Yeah, I mean this team is loaded. Yeah, they're loaded and they've like returned everybody, everybody that they have. They're bringing back their quarterback. Yeah, and that's huge. They're bringing back a quarterback who can legitimately play. That we've seen it now. Mm-hmm. The big playability is there. You're bringing back the best running back in the conference. You're bringing back the second best running back in the conference. <laughs> or third uh, or, with yeah. uh, Trayvon Henderson. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, he's up there. You got Corum. You've got um, Donovan Edwards. Donovan Edwards, Edwards thank you. Johnson. Yeah. I mean, your secondary is intact, basically, yeah. minus DJ Turner. You've got Will Johnson, who's going to be a top 10 pick in the draft two years from now. Yeah. Your and- D-line didn't lose anybody important. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, you didn't go from Hutchinson to no uh, Yeah, you, you Mike didn't Morris. Lose. There's not a lot of... yeah wiggle room that you right. lost there. You're just, you're so loaded right now with returning players yeah. that have big play of potential and have been in the big games. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. And for a lot of the time and a lot of the spots that you did lose people like that DJ Turner, yeah. you just, Oh, here's a senior transfer yeah. from UMass exactly. or something. Right. Who is probably their best player in the right. conference yep. transferring over. So yeah. at least you have, Maybe not a name out there, yeah. but a guy with experience. You had some young old linemen. I know you lose Ola with Timmy, but he clearly struggles. And then they got a grad <laughs> senior trade. to come over. Yeah, exactly. So it's like one of those where it's yeah. like, yeah, we lost a guy. All right, well, here's a senior yep. transfer that came in. So. You know, I'm the receiving core for me is a little bit scary, just a little bit for me sure. right now. You know, you lose Ronnie Bell. You lose Andrew Anthony. Um, you know, you've got Cornelius Johnson still. Got Roman you've got Wilson. Robin Wilson. Yeah, Roman Wilson's a dog. Yeah, he, I like Cornelius Johnson quite a bit as well. And I, you know, I you, you lose Schumacher, but you have um, Loveland. Loveland, that other tight end that came on at the end of last year. So like, you have guys that need to step up, right? And that we've seen flashes from. It is just a little bit like if you're looking at one aspect of this Michigan team where you go, okay, where is maybe their weak point? I think it's probably the receiving court, at least on paper. Could I be completely wrong? Yes. I want to ask you this, Mike, real fast before we go to the other guys. Because um, this is kind of our first time talking about this iteration of Michigan football this season. Um, are you concerned at all about Matt Weiss's dismissal? Um, you know, because they were doing like the co-offensive coordinator thing, mm-hmm. right? So Sherrod Moore, who was like the offensive line coach slash co, and then Matt Weiss was the QB coach slash offense coordinator. Now we've heard reports that like, 
they're much better off with him not being the quarterback's coach and like the new guy they brought in. I don't, his name is escaping me, but apparently he's a much better recruiter and mm-hmm. people like him a lot more than Matt Weiss. Um, but do you think it's going to have any real impact at all off, you know, from a play calling perspective or anything mm-hmm. like that? Cause Michigan's offense was pretty damn good last year outside yeah, of the Illinois game. I was going to say, I, <laughs> I, I can't imagine it's going to do too much. Yeah. I mean, let's be real with, with Michigan. Yep. So through the regular season, 10 of the 12 games, they're going to go run, 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 play action pass, pass. Right. run, 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 yep. outside of Penn State and Ohio State. Right. That's going to be the formula, and they'll just right. kill yep. you yeah, that exactly. way. Yep. So, like, I don't want to say it's it can't be that difficult because, obviously, I'm not a college football coach. I'm right. not, you know, I'm not at You're that not level. It's crazy. Offended. But, I mean, when you have the two best, two of the four best running backs in the conference with yep. a mobile quarterback, right. with a strong offensive line, like right. playing your first week against Colorado State or whoever you're going to be playing, yeah. You, I, I think they're going to figure it out in the first like four or five weeks, and I, I'm not too worried about it. It's not yeah. like the NFL where it's like, oh, if they if they jump their first game to Notre Dame or something, I would go, okay, that could be a little bit of a trap for a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, for sure. But like when you get your three cupcakes, kind of right. to figure things out, right? I think they'll be fine for sure. For sure. Yeah, this is interesting. I I don't remember the time in my life where Michigan has like truly has going into a season the best quarterback in the conference. Yeah, I mean like like even when Chad Henney was here, you was had Troy same. Smith. Yeah. Troy Smith won the Heisman. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like when's the last time like, like can legitimately say oh they have like the most like cuz Ohio State's losing their guy, right? Penn mm-hmm. State's losing their guy. Um, you know, I don't really know if anybody else is really all that much competition in the Big Ten right now. Say, but like, you, got, you got, like, the Taron Morgans out there and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, he's been at Minnesota butt. for 65 years. But, like, you know, is there another Adrian Martinez playing somewhere <laughs> on Nebraska? Um, I just, like, this is the first year where it's like, man, you have, like, the most experienced starter who... Oh, we all just forgot about Cade McNamara. I'm sorry. Starter. Listen, when he hands that ball off 47 times a game because, you know, Kurt Ferris won't fire his son yeah. because he can't coach offense... I don't know. But, look, you know, he's got Eric Hall now, so clearly they're just yeah, going to be. They got something going. They yeah, got something brewing over there. Out there. Yeah. All right. Uh, these next uh, – I'm just going to – I'm going to give you the next couple. Yeah. Because I don't want to make you struggle and guess okay. some of these because okay. you won't guess some of these because you're not in the college football realm okay. of, like, knowing what's going on. Cause I mean, not, is Bama going to be next or no. something like that? Okay. And that's oh, why Jesus. I'm that's why I'm Like, not, USC, like, I'm sure, yeah. is there. So, number yeah. three, Florida State. Listen, Lord had a great year last year, though. Yeah. All things considered, so now do I think and, they're ten three? and three last year? Uh, Jordan Travis, who was like low key dark horse for MVP, even though he like wasn't, mm-hmm. but he's like kind of was. Yeah, um, he's coming back with a whole bunch of uh, high end playmakers at receiver and running back and stuff. Yeah. Um, really, what I'm gathering is they're going to be like USC, where there's going to be offensive air raid, and the ACC is garbage. Kind of sucks. Yeah. So don't tell Dabo. Yeah, don't tell Dabo. Well, you can tell Dabo because they're probably the second best team there and it's not much competition. Right. Or Miami because they paid literally everyone $100 million to go play for them. <laughs> so, Mario Cristobal is a good recruiter. <laughs> <laughs> You're all going to come here somewhere or another. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. When, when you can give every single athlete on the team $15 million yeah. to come. Yeah. It's, it's pretty easy. How to many houses do you need? Four? Let's start at four. Let's start at four. Uh, number four, uh, the USC Trojans. Yeah, Caleb uh, Williams. Caleb Williams. Yeah. There it is. That's yeah. that's all you need to say. No defense for Caleb Williams. Yep. Hey, it's the oh, it's Oklahoma. Oh no no, it's USC. Oh yes, Lincoln Riley's 
attempt. Yes. Yeah. So five and six are more of your commonplace. You got your yeah, Alabama games. at five. Yeah. You got your Ohio State at six. Yeah. Um, good teams always recruit well, but you know they're not. Uh, Ohio State at six can't feel good for Ohio State. No, they they're, can't. They're used to being one or two in every one of these ever. Yeah. Unless it's like Georgia, Bama, then them. Then them or yeah. something. Yeah. So it's interesting when you throw yeah. the Florida States in there and yeah. it's like, oh, Ohio State's Florida State's there, that, but. You know the reason why I didn't, you know, they had a better year last year. I just think for me the reason why I didn't really think about it was just because I'm like, you play in the ACC, so your numbers are going to be bloated. I want to see you play a real team first yeah. a little bit. And I'm sure you can say that a little bit about Michigan, but Michigan still does have to go through Ohio State, you know? Yeah. Like they sure. still have to go through these, these teams that are – structurally built a little more balanced where yeah, some Florida, of these conferences it's like Florida State and I guess I could see their yeah. schedule to see if they actually because I would say it and yeah. then because uh, like probably, Clemson's not Clemson anymore if that makes any sense right like sure. they're struggling they're not they don't have this and they don't have Deshaun Watson or you know Trevor Lawrence walking through the door again right yeah. with Mike Williams catching passes from him yeah so to Florida State's credit yeah. or like stinks for them a little bit but yeah. you know uh, they do open the season against LSU. Okay, that's a good test. So yeah, you'll get that initial test, and then you do. They do play uh, week four at Clemson. Okay, that'll be so a good. One. They, so they so to fairness, some they also at the end of the year they play at Florida and home against Miami and stuff. Yeah. So to their credit, yeah, they will have, have some games to show games, whether or not they're worthy. Exactly. Of it. Yeah. If they win the LSU game and the Clemson game, I think okay. people can sit down and go. Yeah, that's fair. It's comparative of Michigan beating Penn State and Ohio State. Correct. Go. I can see if they go undefeated and you beat LSU. And stuff, yeah. I could put you there. LSU is another team I'm interested to see where they're at. Because so speaking of LSU, oh, they okay. come in at number seven. Okay, you know, so yeah, I mean you go to the SEC championship game, right? I think they had a better year than they expected under Brian Kelly. Um, Brian Kelly turns around every program he goes to, whether it's Cincinnati or Grand Valley. You know what I mean? <laughs> Wherever he goes, uh, it, it's it's you know usually he makes some headway there really quickly. I mean he got ordained to national title games. Crazy, you know. Uh, number eight, you're looking at your Texas Longhorns. Really yeah. under the Quinn Ewers. Is he good? Is he not he good? He better be because Steve Sarkeesian's terrible. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not loving the Archie Manning love here. How dare you? How dare not you speak against boat. America's second son? How dare you? I don't know. When you play at like a Division Six school. How dare you? It's crazy to me. How it's like It's like playing at like where you went to school. It's, yeah, exactly. And being like, oh, but you're the best quarterback in Division Six. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. If the anybody, Mac Browns. I'm not going to say names because someone will hear this and I'm going to get chastised for it. But it's very much like that, though. Yeah. It's like, oh, you dominated at Division Seven. Who the hell cares? Yeah. yeah. I actually don't even think he was like undefeated. Well, here's the thing, too. It's like, look. And and to those guys like that, you know, right, where it's like, hey, look, you're playing at whatever school because that's where you live and all that stuff. Like, I'm yeah. not like I'm not bashing you. And to be able to go to college, any college, yeah. and have your education paid for through athletics, total respect, mad respect to you. Sure, but we really need to stop being like, oh, this guy's D one. I go, is he D one though? Is he really D one? Yeah, you know, like now listen, some guys, yeah, some uh, guys make it. Sure, some but guys. Man, can be that D1. is a that is a it, it, you, he looks amazing compared to guys that are going to be taking accounting but, classes next year. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's the same thing when you look at um, college guys right. going to the pros right. who don't play at high. Exactly, it's, it's your North Dakota yes. states of the world where you go, oh. Can I feel good about Trey Lance when I watch Trevor Lawrence go play LSU right. and maybe the greatest college football team ever right. and put up a fight and yeah. I got Trey Lance over here yeah. playing yeah, he's throwing 100 Division passes 3 in and he's yeah. throwing 100 passes and it's like, which one do I take? 
Right. I don't know. It's yeah. I guess it's a tough call on that exactly. one. But it's 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 like the same equivalent, just at a lower level, the high school. I'm college. just so glad Archman didn't come to Michigan because the hype train would be unreal. Yeah. And it'd be like, all right. I know he would he would come in against like Penn State oh my God. and like blow just a game killed. and just get killed. Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think people hear the last names and like. I hope to God Tom Brady's son doesn't turn into be an athlete because mm-hmm. if he does, it's like we got Brady's kid, yeah. and you're like, yeah, well, you got the yeah, you got the Bronny train <laughs> yeah, for USC. Exactly. It's, it's we got we got Bronny James. I go, okay, sure, cool. It's like, what about his younger brother? I will who's say though, better. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will say in that credit though yeah. that USC that first game he plays it's going to be ridiculous. Be I know. Ridiculous. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm very excited. We're going to have a weird game. guy that I think they just recruited called Shabron Brames, I think, and um, he, all he does, the, he's like he's like six he ten, two sixty. He, he, he does coach his uh, his his middle sons I know. AAU, and he looks so funny. Yeah. He just wears like a t-shirt yeah. and he's just like yelling at people. And I'm like, could you imagine if you're AAU ref and you call something yeah. and LeBron James yeah. walks up like, that goes, wasn't a foul. And you, I, I, it's like, like that Michael Jordan meme where he like, yeah. he walks up and goes, I didn't touch him. He goes, you know what, Michael, I trust you. Yeah. And then he like uh, yeah. calls it off. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I like, can't even imagine making that call about anything and being LeBron just looking at you and you go, or, or <laughs> what <laughs> if, what no if foul. I'm an idiot? <laughs> I think he would know he's the all-time leading scorer. He probably unless, knows a Unless bit. it's like one of those situations where like you're just such a LeBron hater where every time his son touches the ball, tech. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, yeah, he's like a Jordan fan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he goes, he's like, 23 is where I belong. Hilarious. Hilarious. Anyway, all right, finish this list out. Oh, my out. gosh. That was, that was way too Go skip, Bayless. Go. <laughs> Keep bringing up the Western <laughs> Conference Finals like it matters. <laughs> Where are you at? You want sabbaticals. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk to your ass. You got Richard Sherman's unemployed butthole coming on to there. Yeah, Richard Sherman. He was, he was, can I get Michael Jordan to fuck? Oh, my God. I was like, could you imagine? You were just so great. Yeah, Richard Sherman's just a troll. He's awful. Yeah, Richard Sherman is a troll. He he's, he's, has a rough time. For, like, dude, you were good at one point, and then you got really bad really fast. You, it's well, like, we, bro. We just found out you were slow, and you could do one thing really well. Yeah, exactly. You worked in one scheme really, really well, and then Tyreek went, I'm going to run right, right by past you. you. <laughs> right by you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Locking down another <laughs> slow Michael Crabtree. Well, you, you knew it was you knew it was bad when he was the the strategy for Seattle was all right. Richard Sherman's going to guard the second best guy, yeah, because he can lock him down. Yeah. I go, oh, right. yeah, you don't want to put him on the best guy. Right. I wonder why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no safety help. Ooh, about that. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Just anyway, ridiculous. so number nine out here. Yeah, he's got footballs. We got Clemson Tigers coming in at nine. Um, Dabble train baby. Sure. I, oh, they got that uh, 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 Klubnik. Sure. Um, he's a five-star kid. He was uh, under DJ, okay, and he played gotcha. for like a game or two. But he, Talk he's about a guy who fell off the DJ Ungale had... <sighs> let, let Everybody you, was all like, oh, don't worry. When, when Trevor, Trevor leaves, when, DJ's when, coming when in. When Trevor had COVID for that one Notre Dame game, it yep. was like that 730 yep. night game, and yep. he threw like six touchdowns. Yep. Everyone was like, this is like the next coving of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And then he, then he lost his first start the next year to, yep. I think, Notre Dame or yeah. something crazy. <laughs> it's just never the and same. And he lost like seven to three or something. Yes, like, I remember that. It was yeah. like Florida State or yeah. something crazy. And I was like, wow, you just can't score. I remember when they go to double overtime against like Wake Forest or something like that last yeah. year to stay undefeated. Everyone's like, whoo, Clemson. I was like, this because they're not good. <laughs> like, stop. Yeah. Um, I miss that middle line. Did he transfer? 
Yeah. First, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, I wonder where he went. I'm, I'm uh, he went to uh, Oregon State. That makes sense. Sure. Makes sense. Oregon State. Go Beavers. Yep. Go Beavers. And Go then, Beavers. Uh, and then coming in at number ten, another Big Ten team, Penn State. Yeah, they'll 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 lose their three games like usual and Boom. all their good ones, yeah. um, and that'll kind of be you know what they do because they're Penn State. Yeah. No Michigan State on there. What? Crazy. Oh, the disrespect. Yeah, no Drake May on here. The disrespect. That's disrespect. Yeah, that is true. Low key. I, I love you so Drake I May. cannot wait for next year's draft because there's going to be like five guys that are coming out where I'm going to be like, oh, I kind of like this guy better. Oh, I kind of like this guy better. Like if Caleb well, so, Williams doesn't go undefeated win a national championship, everyone's going to be like. Yeah, I was going to say, I was gonna say like number one, it's going to be like that. Well, not it. Hopefully not as bad, but it's yeah, going to yeah. be like that Trevor Lawrence draft class. Yeah. Where like. You got him. You got, Tua. You got like, you got like Caleb. Gap, yeah, and everyone's gonna be like, all right. So there's like Drake May, yeah. and there's like JJ McCarthy, yeah, Quinn and Ewers, Quinn Ewers. Yeah. and there's like a lot of names, yeah. And we're like, we think Drake May is probably the best one of them, but yeah. like, but what if Caleb struggles? But like, Drake what if May Ka- wins the Heisman? Yeah, exactly. like, oh. Oh. yeah, there's gonna be like, but that then talk. JJ McCarthy wins the national championship. People go, ah, eh, we don't really care if you won or not. Next, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how many carries did Blake Corm get in that championship game? Fifty-five. You didn't do it. Isn't that crazy though? How that works in college football though? We're like. You could go undefeated, like Michigan go undefeated this year, win a national title game. But if McCarthy's stat line is like twenty six and ten, mm-hmm. people are going to be like, "Ah, eh, you're probably a fringe first, second round guy." You know what I mean? Isn't that crazy how that works? Where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's it like, just works like you know, that. Stetson Bennett's like, tell me about it. <laughs> Stetson Bennett, stop. I mean, he's also a thousand years old too, but that doesn't help. But. Stetson Bennett's so funny. Hey, he's going to be awesome. All right, yeah, awesome. Was he a Ram now? Yeah. Watch yeah, him when, when, yeah, when they when they trade Stafford somewhere else, no shit. The new starter exactly. There. That'll be fun. Exactly. All right, let's shift focus a little bit here. We've got our last AFC divisional rankings. Let me talk to him. I love it. Um, we've got the AFC West, right? They're doing the West. So yeah. To catch, you say yeah, like only one is like really obvious, I know. and then the I rest know. are actually and yeah. like we. We're just gonna fast the, forward our, to our, that part. I was gonna say our preconceived notion. I think is Kansas City will win this division. I don't I, actually I don't think, think so, so because they're they're not. I think their roster's not very good. Yeah, it's the just, Mahomes effect. Mahomes covers a lot. Yeah, of Yeah, Mahomes and Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo is like a really bad trio of death for a lot of people. Like for, lit- for Denver, everybody, especially everybody, because yeah. Denver literally can't beat them. Um, in- they have Sean Payton and Russell Wilson is in the best shape of his life. So okay, he's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Hmm. It's like yeah. when Miguel Cabrera comes to spring training every year, and they go, Miggy's in the best shape of his career. He's in the best shape of his career. Yeah. And strikeout. I just heard another one. It just happened. It just happened. Um, yeah. No. Anyway. All right, yeah. So to recap, so our AFC North, oh we did three weeks ago. We had Baltimore coming out of there. Yep. Two weeks ago, we did the AFC South, and we had the Jacksonville Jaguars coming out of there. Yep. Last week, we did the AFC East, and we had the New York Jets coming out of there. Yep. I think we had a couple. Probably, we had some upsets overall. I think in the AFC. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, think I think preconceived would have thought Cincinnati and yes. Buffalo probably coming out coming out of those. Yes, um, I think we had them just slightly on. I think we yeah. had them at two. Yep, for both. But and then we had a surprise number two with the Texans finishing in the AFC South. South. That was pretty shocking. Even as well. though Jacksonville still for me was like yes, clear in a way, yes. But like Texans were a little bit more shocking coming in at two there. And then the and, Colts, yeah. Maybe. And then uh, we're going to run through this division, and then next week we're going to have the four. 
NFCs. Oh, no, no. We're going to do the four AFC oh, yes. winners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. they're going to compete to yep. see who's going to come out of the AFC. Correct. And then we're going to start the NFCs. Yeah. Yep. I guess Crown AFC, time. NFC champions, and, and then, then we'll, we're and then we the best roster. So yes. last year, if you guys remember, too, the best roster on paper were the Chargers, mm-hmm. I believe, who won who won the whole darn thing. Was it the Chargers or was it the Packers? I think it was the Packers. Was it the I think Packers? those were the two teams. Okay, I think the Chargers came out of the AFC. Yes, right? I think yeah. they came out of the AFC. Okay, so and we, we were whew, yikes. Chargers. Yeah, no, well, no. we will see, we will see if that comes I, back. I acquiesced to the Packers and they got that. Kirby, uh-huh. Kirby Joseph made someone who's dead, you know, his baby. So it's fine. It's fine. So, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. hey, hey, that, yeah. Fa- yeah, Kirby's father, he, he's, he made it. So he's in the, he's in the semifinals of the AFC. So, <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's true. That's true. Don't, it's because he's not throwing picks to Kirby Joseph anymore. So it worked out. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have to play him this year either. So I was gonna... that's true. That's true. Thank God. Yeah. Anyway, AFC East here. So, or AFC West. Yeah. AFC West. AFC East. So. The East. There you East. go. There we go. East, I thought you said East. That needs to be a drop. That that should have been a drop. Yeah, we should have that ready. Um, all right, Denver Broncos. Obviously, they have Russell Wilson on the largest contract, literally ever, for a bad quarterback. We have Cam. Yeah, yeah, we have something. one for that. We have one for that one. Thank you. I appreciate that. We need it twice, but we appreciate that. I uh, can't see Chiefs have probably the best quarterback I've ever seen in Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> the Raiders have. Just a drop. Yeah, I don't know. We don't That's know. Jim- the best one. Yeah, do we do we know Jimmy Grapple is even going to play? I mean, it's got to be Jimmy. <laughs> and then we have the Chargers, who obviously have Justin Herbert. I don't. Oh, know. that was rude. <laughs> that was so on, mean. Better. Yeah, that helped okay. me a little bit. Okay. All right. The first one was probably more accurate, but the second one raised it up a little bit. Um, I probably yeah. should have saved the laughter one for when we talk about the coaching. <laughs> Fourth and two from our own 40. <laughs> Staley, why are you still there? Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, yeah. So, uh, Chiefs, uh, Mahomes, one. Yeah. Because, you know, Mahomes. Herbert, two. Uh, I would say Russell, yeah, three. Yeah, Russ, three. Just because I don't yeah. know if Jimmy's actually going to play. Yeah, Jimmy's foot's messed up. I think it's facing the wrong way or something like that right now. So, yeah. um, whether it's him or if it's uh, the other guy. Um, who's the other? Their backup. He would play it at New England Brian Hoyer. Oh, is it Brian Hoyer? For the Raiders? Yeah. yeah. I thought Brian Hoyer. Aiden O'Connell, Chase Garbers. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, no, none of those guys I was thinking of. Um, that must have been last year, their backup. Mm-hmm. Remember, he played in New England, too. Oh, Peter Peterson? Nathan, Nathaniel? The no, guy, not Nathan Peterman. Guy? No, not, not Peterman. He was a young guy. All Long story short, Raiders are fourth. Okay, cool. All right, running back rooms. So we got the Denver Broncos have uh, Javante Williams and Samaje P. Ryan. He was supposed the, to be good, Javante Williams. He was. Yeah. Um, the Chiefs have Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. The Raiders have Josh Jacobs? Question mark? Question mark. <laughs> um, and Amir Abdullah. Oh! Yeah. That's, a, that's a joke in itself. And the Chargers have Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly. Okay, so Chargers, Chargers are, are one. one. Yeah. Cool. I think Raiders are two. Oh, he's coming. He's yeah. not going to just sit out a year. Yeah, so, so Josh, Josh Jacobs, Jacobs is two. two. Um, oof. I don't I, know. I don't I so I would lean Denver three. Yeah. I think Pacheco is a, a product, form, of, a the product of the system. Yeah, I'm gonna go with and that. And I'm gonna as well. say that with also the receiving room. Yeah. Is the receiving room for the Chiefs, I don't think it's great. No. I think it's a product yeah. of awesome quarterback play. I could I could agree with that. I think Javante Williams is, is pretty is a pretty solid three down back. He's not uh, he's not the fantasy darling everybody thought he was gonna be last year. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Everyone was like Javante Williams, Denver. 
And everyone's like, also, everyone's like, also every other Denver player, because Russ is there now, and Nathaniel Hackett's cool, or something. I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, I'll go Denver three. I like Samaj P. Ryan, too. He was actually one of my favorites coming out of the draft a few years ago in the line. Like, if you watch his college tape, He's a bowling ball. He's awesome. Oh, dude, he was really good for yeah. Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, he was a he solid. Catch out of the backfield yeah. and like, Except for that for one him. throw in the Super Bowl where he just refused to dive for that pass that Joe Burrow flung for his life, which is always hilarious to me, but it's fine. Um, yeah, Super Bowl last play of the game. You're like, I'll just let like, you know, He's like, eh, tomorrow. Um, <laughs> we can always come back next year. <laughs> question mark. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, Pacheco and McKinnon. McKinnon is so hot or not, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'd say Chiefs four, but two, three and four are close. But mm-hmm. there's a clear divide there. You have two guys that are legit top five of their position right yeah. now. Yeah, I mean um, Eckler's probably what top three in the league right now um, for like a complete back. Yeah, he's he's pretty high up there. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's a little more Mc- receiving than yeah. running back. Yeah, McCaffrey. Percent, you got like Derrick Henry of the worlds, yeah. and then. He's probably in like a second tier with yeah. like a whole bunch of guys, probably. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's pretty damn good. Yeah. Fantasy wise, he's really good. Yeah. Fantasy wise, PPR, he is. Yeah. One of the best you can get out there. I wonder why I'm taking McCaffrey first overall. <laughs> Unless Kate comes to me with that trade offer. Yeah, get that, get that I'm waiting offer. for it. Yeah. You're not gonna like my terms, but you can you can send it, Cade. Come on, buddy. All right. Uh, Denver Broncos are here, so receiving rooms. Oh, so Denver's got uh, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, and KJ Hamler. And Marvin Mims Jr. They have him Cause, too. Because it was all the names I knew. Yeah, here, there you go. So. Yeah, sure. Uh, the Chiefs have uh, MVS from Green Bay, Gardenius, Toney, Sky Moore. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, Raiders have uh, Devontae Adams, that's... Jacoby Myers, and Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I don't know if Hunter Renfro's long for this world in Denver, but we'll see. Yeah. And the Chargers have Mike Williams, Quinton Johnson, Keenan Allen. Wow. And you want to add like Jalen Guyton in there? Bar- buried the lead on that one a little yeah, bit. My bad. Um, so Chargers are one. I was like, "Where's Keenan Allen?" At? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just go in order. No, I know. This list. I was just like, "Wait a minute, hold on." Uh, yeah, Chargers are one. Um, Raiders are two. Raiders are two. Devontae Adams Devontae is Adams. ridiculous. Um, and Hunter Renfro is pretty darn good yeah. too. And He's then really Kobe Myers is a, is a deep shot guy, mm-hmm. right? Um, he works well in that New England system. That's what you know. Uh, McDaniel's is going to run. Yeah. Um, three is Broncos and four mm-hmm. is the Chiefs. Listen, I everyone freaked out when Tyreek got traded a year ago, and I get it, and they still won the Super Bowl. But there's not a whole lot out there right now where I'm looking at this this receiving court and I go, who? Mm-hmm. Like I think Sky Moore may have a big year. He's a little quicker, right? A little shifty guy that they can move around a lot. But like, who else is on this receiving court? You don't even have McCole Hardman anymore to be like, oh, this is his time to break out. Like, yeah. who the hell is their number one receiver? Yeah, MVS. Yeah, I Tony, guess. I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's if Kadarius Tony can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. It'd yeah. be interesting. Not, not great. All right, uh, tight end rooms. Wonder who's going to win this one. Um, yeah. So best De- tight end ever, and then a bunch of other guys. <laughs> Denver Broncos have uh, Greg Dulich. Hey, the the Greg Dulich. Yeah. Kansas City. I don't know if you've heard of this guy, um, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah, you heard of him? Yeah. yeah. Okay, he's, he's like pretty good, I think. Yeah. Um, the Raiders have Austin Hooper and Michael Mayer. Yeah. <laughs> and the Chargers have Gerald Everett and uh, Donald Parham, the junior. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually, so I like some of these rooms. So it, clearly Chiefs are one. Travis yeah, Kelsey's Travis the best tight end ever probably besides him, like Gronk. Him, Gronk, and like Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, like, that's probably top three. Yeah. Um, 
After that, um, I think we. I think I go Raiders, Austin got, Hooper, and Michael Mayer. I guess Michael Mayer's a little unproven. Yeah, though. that's my problem. And I think Donald Parham is a little bit underappreciated. Yeah, with Gerald Everett. With Gerald Everett, where sure. I feel like maybe that room is a little more complete. That, that could be fair. I think the Broncos are clear four. Broncos are four. Yeah. Chiefs I think you, are one, yeah. and then two I, and three are yeah. kind of. I think is if you want to go with Vegas saying, okay, Michael, if you were on the train of Michael Mayer was the best tight end, like, because some people had him as the best tight end in the draft, mm-hmm. and he didn't go until much later, right? Like, okay, you want him? With the upside, right? Austin Hooper's bounced around a little bit, which it's like, okay, why, right? Mm-hmm. Or do you want Everett, who's, you know, pretty solid? And Parham, I think, is underrated. I don't know. I, I could be swaying either way. Yeah, I, don't I think, think, I think two re- and three, I don't think it'll make much difference yeah. in the overall I don't think so outcome. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they're two and three, Kansas City one, Denver four. Yeah. Pretty easily. Yes. Offensive lines. This, oh could, this could be interesting because there could be a whole lot of hot garbage here. <laughs> so, we'll see. <laughs> Denver Broncos. So oh boy. left tackle to right tackle here. We got uh Garrett Bowles. Yep. Former first round pick. Yep. Uh Ben Powers, Baltimore guy. Sure. Lloyd Cushenberry the third. Yep. Draft pick. Quen Meniras, third yep. round pick. Yep. And Mike Mc, uh McLinchy. McLinchy. Yep. yep. They got him from San Francisco. Paid yes. a bag of money too. Not bad. Uh, not, bad. not bad at all. Uh the Chiefs out here, they're working with uh Donovan Smith at left tackle. Yep. Uh Joe Thune. Yep, former New England. Creed Humphrey. Yep. Trey Smith. Yep. And Juwan Taylor from Jacksonville. Yep. Yep. Not as good because you're missing Orlando Brown, mm-hmm. right? Lost didn't, him to Cincinnati. Didn't, yep, didn't pay him because he wanted to play left tackle, and they mm-hmm. were like, no. Um, yeah. No, it's not bad, though, yeah. by, by any stretch. All right. The Raiders have uh, Colton Miller, yep. former first-round first pick. pick. Yep. Uh, Dylan Parham, yep. third-round pick. Yep. Andre James, unrestricted pick in 19. Yeah. Alex Bars at right guard. Yeah. And then Jermaine Elamunar, San Francisco guy from 21. Sure. Yikes. And then the Chargers. Rashawn Slater at left tackle. That helps. Zion Johnson. Not bad. Corey Lindsley. Yeah, really good. Jameer Slater, our sauce words. Actually, no, we'll just throw Will Clapp in there because I know Will Clapp. And then Trey Pickens the third at right tackle. Okay, so I think Raiders are clearly four. Mm-hmm. Um, after that though, it gets a little, it gets a little sketchy. Yeah. I, I think you could actually put the chiefs at three. You could. Uh, I really like the chargers O line. Personally. I was going to actually, put, I think the rate, I think the Broncos actually have the best. Like overall O line tackle to tackle. Sure. Like I think interior for the chargers is a little weaker. I like Corey Lindsley a lot. I like Corey, and I like Zion Johnson. Yeah, because he was a first yeah. round pick in too. Okay, he was. That's right. Was he out of Boston College? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You might be right. I. Uh, yeah. There's. It's just that right guard spot that they don't have. Yeah. Like, and I don't love anywhere. the right tackle as Trey much. Pipkins. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I don't love that. Where I feel like you listen. McGlinchey's not the best right tackle in the world, right? Let's be very clear. Mm. But he's getting a bag of money. Him and Bulls, you got two young guys on a contract for quite a while. I think that's a little bit better. I think their interior, uh, Menares is pretty good. Um, I, I I don't know. I think that's a pretty close one and two for me. Sure. I think Chiefs are three though. Yeah. Do you have Raiders any agreements? Four. Yeah. No. Raiders no. I don't, okay. No. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for best overall talent, like top end talent, then I would say probably Chargers are one. Because yeah. you've got Corey yeah. Lindsley has been a all-pro Pro Bowl center for a long time Rashawn, with the Packers. Rashawn Slater didn't Slater's play much, amazing. but he's yeah. awesome. 
Zion he's Johnson's really a first round pick, so yeah. you would think. Yeah, he's a plug and play player. With yeah. you know, with guards, it's not as hard either. You know, I think what's more is the right tackle spot for me is what's scary a little bit more for yeah. me from the Chargers than it does with the Broncos. Mm-hmm. But I could say top end talent though. You've got probably two of the first three picks in the entire O line draft. Like if you're dra- just of all those O linemen, you would take Slater, probably Joe Thune. And then Corey Lindsley mm-hmm. in that order, yeah. right? From like a, you know, all the way up and down, sure. right? So I'll, I'll, I'll give you Chargers at one, Broncos two, Chiefs three, Raiders four. Okay. So with that I being, mean, if Raiders had Alex Leatherwood still, I mean. <laughs> it would be, be a debate, yeah. <laughs> he adds a lot to that. Terrible. Um, <laughs> so now looking at uh, totality of offense, yeah. I think we can just put into agreement that the Raiders are four because they've been almost four in everything. Yeah. Um, the worst quarterback, the worst O line, worst tight end group. Second, yep. second to worst tight end group or something like that. Yeah, and second, then, yeah, yeah. And then you've got second wide receiver group and second running back. And second running back. Yeah. So, you're so not, your skill you, position is not terrible, but your the, the ability to get the ball to, to those, those skill positions is limited at best. Yes. So Raiders four. Yeah. Um. Then it gets interesting. It's 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 pretty damn close. Listen, he, the problem is, is if you take Mahomes out of this offense mm-hmm. and you put this level of talent on any other roster, you go. Yeah, I think on level of talent, I think Chargers are one. Yeah, I think so too. I, I mean, think you've got let's, the let's run through. We best O line, best running back, second best quarterback, um, second or best receiving group, best receiving group. And probably second or third best tight end group. Yes. So let's see. Hold on. Second best quarterback, best O line, best uh, running back, and best receiving core. That that they're, like, they're one. Yeah, they're, they're one. one. They're they, one. They're Sorry. one. Just about it, they're just one. Imagine if Mahomes was on this team. Yeah. And that's fun. not a listen. Justin Herbert's a top five, six QB probably right now in the league. Yeah. Imagine. Or the, just uh, you, like Joe, Joe Burrow on this. Yeah. Team. Exactly. Well, somebody who's just like ah screw it, just a little bit, dots. Yeah, maybe a yeah. little bit better than. Herbert at this right. moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think so Chargers are one. Raiders are four. So yeah. it's kind of like I think I think Denver beats out the Chiefs in more, but it's the Mahomes Kelsey effect. That's and I, really yes, hard to, Yes, I agree with you a thousand percent. I think it's a I think they've got God, the Mahomes thing is so hard. And then it goes, if it's that close, we go to coaching. And I yeah. go, okay, Sean Payne or Andy Reid. I know. And it's like, it's, it doesn't make it that. It's it's probably Andy Reid and the Chiefs then. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say Chiefs too because it's I can overlook them being number one because th- there's so many categories where they're just not as good. Yeah. But when you have potentially the best tight end ever and already a top 10 quarterback of all time mm-hmm. on your team, yeah. it's pretty hard. To not sure. give it to him. So I'll say Chiefs to Broncos. Well, listen, if Russ goes out there, throws a whole bunch of dots, this conversation next year may be different. Mm-hmm. You know, if we were doing this one week into the season after the Lions, you know, whoop that ass on national television, then maybe. But, you know. Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say right there. Yeah. All right. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, so we got offensively Chargers one, Chiefs two, Broncos three, Raiders four. Yes. All right, defensively. Chargers got Kellen Moore, too, calling plays now. Will help a lot. Can't be worse. Can't be Joe worse. Lombardi's awful. Yeah, but they still have the same head coach. Yeah. All right, so now we were looking at the defensive side of the ball. That's D- when he walks into the room and everyone goes, we know more than you, and he told him to sit down. 
Yes, that is true. Uh, defensive lines for these teams, yep. not counting linebackers right yep. now. Just defensive if linebackers. We, if it gets close, then we add like we, yeah, front rush. sevens yeah. and yeah. pass rushers in general. But Denver Broncos D-line. So they got Zach Allen, DJ Jones, and Matt Henningsen. Yeah, they paid a bunch of money to Zach Allen this year, like $50 million. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have George Karloffis, uh, Derek Nadati, Chris Jones, and Charles um, Amenhew. Sure, yeah. Chris Jones is really good. Chris Jones is really good. I like good. Derek Nadati, too. Karloffis is a former second-round pick? First-round pick. First-round pick. Late first, 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 right? Yep. Uh, the Raiders have uh, Max Crosby, Jerry Tillery, Bilal Nichols, and Chandler Jones. That's pretty damn good. And the Chargers have Morgan Fox, Sebastian Joseph Day, and Austin Johnson. That's it. Yeah. No linebackers. Just D-linemen. Just D-linemen. Just D-linemen. They run a different scheme. Yes, Calm it down, words. everybody. Okay, so Raiders are one. Raiders are one. Um, that D-line's really good. I'm going to put... Um, yeah. So probably Kansas City yeah, at two. Yeah, Kansas City's probably two. With Chris Jones. Because Chris Jones is clearly the best player there. Um, uh Who's three? Um, I wouldn't hate you if you said Denver's three, um, but them and the Chargers. I think yeah, no, Denver's three. three Denver's three. With yeah. Just Zach Allen by himself exactly. is probably better than what the Chargers can offer in the front yeah. three. Yeah, Sebastian Joseph Day is a good interior player. Morgan Fox is fine. Yeah, it's fine. Austin yeah. Johnson's fine. Yeah, so. but when we go to linebackers, this is good. And when you add the pass rush, it, it exactly. moves a little bit. Right. All right, Denver Broncos linebacking crew. Okay. So they have uh, Baron Browning. Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton and Randy Gregory. Yeah, they pay a lot of money to Randy Gregory. They did pay a lot to Randy Gregory. Yeah. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs run with uh, Willie Gay, Nick Bolton. Yep, yep. So they run the little, like, 5-2. Nick Bolton, former first-round pick. Yep. Uh, Second-round pick. Second-round pick? Shit. I flipped those. I must yeah. have flipped those. Uh, the Raiders have uh, Robert Spielaning, Divine Diablo, and Wait, that's wait, it. wait, wait. I'm sorry. His name is Divine Diablo? Yeah. That's awesome. He wins just by. If we had a name bracket. <laughs> if we had the name bracket. He's number, one. number one. He's Satan. Yeah. That's cool. He's, then, he's the he's a he, he's a holy Satan. <laughs> Divine Diablo. That's crazy. And the Char- wow. And the Chargers have Khalil Mack, Kenneth Murray Jr., Eric Kendricks, and Joey Bosa. I forgot they got Eric Kendricks. Damn. Okay. Chargers won by far and away. <laughs> um. Yeah. Two. Uh, two? I. I I think Broncos probably. With I was Randy Gregory well. yeah. and, and and Baron Browning. Yeah, and Alex Singleton's not bad. Singleton's not bad. It. Browning's a late round pick. Was productive at Ohio State. Um, yeah, I'll give them the nod there. Three would be um, uh, Kansas City. Kansas I know City. Nick Bolton. Yep. And then four, I don't know anybody on that roster. No. So from a linebacker <laughs> yeah. perspective. So if we want to count now, because this might change yeah. a little bit. So front past, se- yeah, like front rush, seven, yeah, front sevens. I would say the Chargers. Move up considerably mm-hmm. at this point. I think it's a now it's a race between. I think I think they have a more well-rounded front seven than everybody else. Yes, I would put Chargers one. I would put probably uh, Chiefs two, maybe. Yeah, uh, and so, then and then Raiders. So three? the only thing with the with because the Raiders have I have no idea what the linebacker play looks like at all. Yeah, see that's hard because I like Denver because you get Zach Allen in there, yeah. and then you get like Baron Browning, Alex Singleton, and Randy Gregory. Yeah, for the Chiefs, 
you're looking at like Chris Jones, sure, and George Karloffis, I guess. Yeah. And then like Nick, Nick Bolton, Bolton, Willie Gay. Yeah. I don't think Yo, the linebacker group adds a lot to that. Okay. I think Randy Gregory. When he's on. When he's on, adds more. Okay. And the hard part about the Raiders is, I think their front four, like we said, is number one. Really good. But those linebackers, I don't know. So you're not adding any more to that either. So I would agree with you with the Chargers being one. Okay. Because I think their front set, I mean, their linebacker play by itself is probably the best room in football. Yeah. Like that linebacker room is insane. Really good. Um. Cleo Mack needs to be get back to Cleo Mack though, because yes, he was not a very good. Bit. He was not very good. For but it's it's really hard to like kind of. It's tough. Yeah. It's really tough because like that D uh, line for for Vegas is really nice. The the D line's nice. Linebackers not so like who knows. Yeah. Uh, Broncos and Chiefs both have one standout go, like piece. standout piece on the D line. Yeah, Chris Jones takes it over Zach Allen for me. Yeah, but then it's like, do you add in the Greg, the Randy Gregory, right. Baron Browning, right? When the Chiefs don't really have that extra well, it's, booster if, to the if, front seven. Do we want to go to another level then and go? Okay, who's calling defensive plays? Sure, we can. Because I mean, at that point, it's like you got Spags or name yeah. the D coordinator for Vegas. Yeah, I can I can give you or the for right for now. Denver. Who is the D coordinator? Oh, it's Vic Fangio, isn't it for Denver? Oh no, it's uh. Is it Vic Vangio for Denver? No, it's it's Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph. That's not uh, easy pick. Also, um, Joe Lombardi is the Denver Bronco offensive coordinator. Uh, well, yeah, but that's just a but, title, though. Yeah, Remember, he was the OC slash quarterback coach for New Orleans forever. No, that's true. I was, Sean Payton's I, I just, plays. I just, yeah, oh, he just like, follows Mick, Sean Payton. Mick Lombardi is the Raiders one offensive coordinator. I highly doubt there are probably any relation. I, I I just thought it was yeah, funny. I'm yeah. like looking at these. I was like, oh, all the Lombardis. You ever seen Lombardi? You can coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So Chargers are one in terms of front sevens. Yeah. How do we want to rank these two to four? Because it it's might tough. be important. It's tough. It's tough. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't know. That's gonna be a tough one. I want to almost. I feel like the. I don't want to put the Raiders last, but I feel like. Well, here's the thing. The Raiders have probably the two out of the three best players in the front seven. If we take the Chargers completely out of it for a second, sure. Everybody else available in the front seven, the Raiders have the two best probably players. With, or with two out of the three: Chris Cros- Jones, Crosby, and uh, Jones and Chandler sure. Jones. Okay. Right. Yeah. So does that mean more? where their linebackers don't have to do as much because you've got two sure. guys that are so much more dominant than everybody else. Yeah, they could. They you know could what I mean? Yeah. So like, that's, my, that's, I guess, my my issue that I'm having. Like, mm-hmm. Denver, I don't think, even with Randy Gregory, has a top, has the, has the does not have any, I would say, true top-end talent at any one position. No, you're, you're not you know wrong I mean? there. I think they're just, like, average around Everywhere. the board. Right, where I feel like you have bright spots with both the Raiders and the Chiefs, mm-hmm. respectively. Sure. So that's where I'm kind of hindering. It's like, okay, would you rather have a bunch of average or would you have a star and, and, then, and then so-so afterwards? Yeah. Like maybe a little, like maybe a step below average, mm-hmm. you know, where like you're serviceable, I guess is the best way of putting that. Yeah. Like I they like, have serviceable linebackers, but they have way above average pass rush. Yeah, I, I, I do you know like I mean? like looking at like Chris Jones and his impact or like Max Crosby. Yeah, they're I think, freaks. I think they're freaks. So yeah. I would probably take that. Okay. So I'd probably line in with the Denver being four. Yeah. But not being like super far. Yeah, it's off. not close. Yeah, it's not like oh my god, this is a really bad def- you know mm-hmm. defensive front seven. It's just compared to the others in the division, I think it's pretty darn hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would I would tend to go. 
I know. And that's I think like, I think I would go Chiefs two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Chiefs two, Raiders, Raiders three, and Denver, Denver four. four. Yeah, right. I, I could live with that. Yeah. Because the linebacking course, linebacking core is not bad for the Chiefs. No, Willie Gay and Nick Bolton aren't right. bad. No, adding with Chris Jones and George Karloffis, I think correct. It's actually, right, yeah, and yeah, I, I think it's like I said, it's better. And like Chris Jones, the best defensive tackle, not named Aaron Donald. Yeah. So. Yep. And then and uh, Ali McNeil, but yeah. we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Who's that guy again? I forgot. Um, oh god. Secondaries here. So okay. Left corner to right corner with maybe a, a nickel. If, yeah. Um, if they know we. If, we kinda, if I yeah. if I can uh, pinpoint the name. Uh, Denver Broncos have Pat Sertain, Kareem Jackson, really good. Justin Simmons, really good. And uh, Damari Mathis. At yeah, right Damari corner. Mathis. Yep. 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 Uh, the Chiefs have uh, Jalen Watson, Brian Cook, Justin Reed, and Legarius Need. Oh, and Tr- Trent McDuffie. Yeah. Go back. Yeah. I had him in there. The the Raiders have Duke Shelley, Marcus Epps, Trevon Moorhead, and David Long and David Long Jr. Yeah. I don't like that at all. And then the Chargers have Asante Samuel Jr., Derwin James, Alohi Gilman, JC Jackson, and Michael Davis. Yikes. Okay. So I'm gonna put the Raiders at four. Yes. Okay. I, I like Trayvon Morig, but I don't like anything else. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, I think give me Denver's really good. Denver's got Pat Sertan. Mm-hmm. That's a that's that's pretty Pat damn Sertan, nice. Kareem Jackson and Justin, Justin Simmons with Damari Mathis. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. I think they're I think Chiefs are three. Yes. I think Chiefs are three. Yeah. I like Sneed's Sneed. good, Justin Reed's solid. Trevor Duffy other, can be good. Yeah. But Jalen Watson, I don't know much about, and Brian Cook, I've never heard of. No, so, so I I think Chiefs are three. Yep, I think I think the only weakness on the Chargers is, is that, that safety second spot. safety spot. Correct, correct. Now I also want to throw in there too, from a health perspective, right? We sometimes have some issues with Mister Derwin James and JC you know, Jackson and JC Jackson. Sure. So and that's the thing, and I don't know. Here's the problem too. We're both big Asante Samuel fans. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to read too much into like how much we like him as a player as mm-hmm. compared to his actual productivity as a yeah, player. Yeah, he gets beat a lot. Yeah, so that's the thing. It's like on paper, I like him a lot. But from an impact perspective, sure. is he necessarily better? Like Pat Sertan's the best corner on this list. Absolutely. And, and I don't really think it's close. It's not. He's a top three corner. Exactly. Just in general. Justin Simmons, very good football player. Mm-hmm. I, I would be kind of thinking maybe Denver's got it. Yeah, I I think Denver, and then I think Chargers Chargers are two. two. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, so then we'd have Denver one, Chargers two, Chiefs Chiefs three, three, Raiders Raiders four. four. Yeah. Um, and so that fills out the defensive side, and so in overall defenses. Yeah. Um. Yikes! Is it Chargers one? They were second, 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 second. second, They're second and second. Were they second? No, they were first, right? No, they're first in the pass. Oh, rush. yeah, sorry. No, they're first in D line, second and secondary. So they have to be. Yeah, they're first. Chargers, then I would say Denver. No, Den- Denver was, I don't know. Denver was pretty low. Denver was four on D line, but they're first in that. Mm-hmm. So I think Chiefs were more average throughout. Chiefs were s- second and third. Second and third. Yeah. yeah. So I think it would go Chargers, Chiefs. Denver Raiders because Raiders are so bad on the secondary. Yeah, because yeah, they're the worst in the secondary, but they're second in pass, second in pass rush, right? Yeah, yeah probably. And then schematically, I would put 
because you've got Staley's calling the plays defensively, right? More than likely for the yeah. Chargers. You've got for the Chiefs, you've got Spagnola. Mm-hmm. For the Broncos, you've got Vance Joseph, who's a very good defensive coordinator. I don't even know who the D coordinator is for the Raiders. It is Patrick Graham. Yeah, no, hard path. Yeah. So Raiders four? Yeah, so Raiders four. Yeah. And so, um, with best that being team. said, best team? Still Chargers. Chargers. Yeah, still Chargers. Chargers are one. Um, the problem is, is that Mahomes exists. That's this who, would be such a walkaway easy difference if Mahomes wasn't a thing. It is. Because, and here's the thing, I want to clarify this because I think it's important. We're not picking the team that's going to win the division. Mm-hmm. We're picking the team that on paper has the best overall quality of depth and starters on their team. Like, when they're rolling out there, there's top 11. Who's got the best roster? Yeah. That's what it is. Player for player. Yeah. If that I, player, I legitimately, yeah. I, I think only one of the four that we picked so far is actually going to win their division. Right. Isn't that crazy yeah. to think about where you're like, I don't, you know, it's like, are, you, are the Jets going to win it? Yeah. I don't know. Like, like it, can Baltimore stay healthy enough? Yes, potentially. But you, could they? I don't know. Yeah. Jacksonville right? will. Yeah. Jacksonville. I mean, you're so far ahead of everybody else. I would hope so, yeah. barring a complete and utter yeah. disaster, right? But, like, you're, these are close. If I had to pick my winners, I'm picking Cincinnati, I'm picking Buffalo, I'm picking the Chiefs, and I'm picking, picking Jacksonville. Jacksonville. That's who I'm picking yeah. in the AFC. But on roster size, we're picking Baltimore, right. the Jets, the Chargers. Because and- you're looking at it, if it's, it's about the end of the day, and I like the way we do it where it's like if we're drafting players mm-hmm. for spots and we're taking everybody at their positions – and you rank them compared to one another, who's got the best players? That's how you have to rationalize this sometimes. Chris Jones is a top-five defensive player in the NFL right now. That has to put some weight on it, mm-hmm. you know? But Pat Mahomes, man, it's so hard to overlook that massive shadow, right, mm-hmm. above it. So it's like, I think Chiefs fans, if they would listen to this, they'd be like, I can't believe you don't have the Chiefs one. It's like, because your roster is so protected and it, it's they're getting to the point if they if like if they didn't win another Super Bowl last year like they lost the Burrow again or something right I think a lot more people be like Brett Veach needs to do something because you're basically doing what the Packers would do right mm-hmm. where well we've got Rodgers he's the best quarterback in the league we can just draft who we want to and hope to God that it works right yeah where the Chiefs are like. Because I wouldn't say the Chiefs have like have like hit home runs with draft no, picks. Like Clyde edwards helaire was a big swing and a miss. I think the Chiefs are more because they won the Super Bowl, right. looking into the Patriots territory. Yes, where it's like yes, our yeah. process is working. We have the coach. Yeah. Everything works as yeah. long as Mahomes is on the field. Yes, if Mahomes is out there yeah. and he's throwing and doing his thing, like Brady's out there. Yeah. We can like he fills so many holes. Correct. That like yeah. we can get rid of Orlando Brown. Doesn't matter why, because he's so mobile. He's gonna be fine, yeah. right? Like, oh, we don't need a Randy Moss because we're just gonna do this. Yeah, we can ro- we can roll with Julian Edelman and Danny Amendola and yeah. go win a Super Bowl. Because- exactly. Right. And that's yeah. and I think that's a perfect kind of comparison. We have the scheme. We have the culture. We have the the right sauce and mm. the sauce is just Mahomes. That's all it is. It's it really is. it's him and him, Reed together. Him, Reed and Kelsey. Kelsey. Right. The, the three headed monster. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a tough tough act because you look at defensively and you just go, mm. but then of all you know you're bringing the right scheme. Steve Spagnuolo is fantastic at what he does. Won multiple Super Bowls with the Giants. You know he beat what you are offensively, yeah. right? Like you know he beat those explosive teams. So yeah, I think it's I think it's a lot of fun. All right, let's shift focus. Baby. Yeah, last topic of the day. Yeah, let me talk to him. Yeah. Um, Pro wrestling check-in, Mike. Lots of stuff going on. We are 
just mere weeks away. Less than three. Yeah, from SummerSlam weekend. Can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but let's start out on the other side. Let's start on the other channel, AEW, coming off a huge collision show where we crowned the Owen Hart Foundation winners. Mm-hmm. Ricky Starks turning heel, I guess. Maybe. Questionably. I Sad. don't know why. See, screw you, Jushin. I'm taking yeah. that from you. Exactly. Jushin's like, dude, you know how long it took me to put on this costume? It's <laughs> <laughs> going over seven seconds. Um, uh, and then Willow Nightingale getting the win on the other side, which I was also a little bit shocked by. Mm-hmm. Um, Punk taking the loss, I guess, is important. That, I was going to say, that's probably more yeah, of a big story. Exactly. Than, um, <laughs> and we had a banger of a tag title match, FTR, Absolutely. getting that win over, minutes. over Bullet Club Gold. Um, we are, we're right on the cusp, right? We're a few weeks away from All In as well, and then we have All Out the next week. I want to ask you about that, though. Does that concern you at all, where it's like we've got back-to-back weeks where we've got a pay-per-view? Like, it just feels like somebody planned this wrong mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. like it's like oh we got these dates and we got to do them yeah and it's like that doesn't really compute for me like wwe's pushed it we're like hey in three weeks time we've got another show right like we've got this and then great balls of fire or something stupid that mm-hmm. no one cares about like they've done it sure but back to back weeks yeah that's a tough ask especially if you're going to ask people to pay 50 bucks for times, yeah. all in and then another 50 bucks for all out. There's no way the quality of all out is going to be so much where you're like, Oh, I got to buy this show now. Yeah. I'm very, I'm actually just more interested. Yeah. Then I, I like, I'm not concerned. No. Okay. I'm just interested in how they're going to try to pull it off. Yeah. Right. Like, I guess like there is concern in there. Cause I don't know if it's going to go off very well, Yeah, but I'm just interested in like, are they going to do a lot of like, um, is it going to be like almost like a split roster thing where like yeah. half of your roster right. mostly is on all in right. or is all of- in going to be a lot of, not a lot of, but like, is it going to be a lot, like a good amount of international talent from London coming in? Right. Like, are you going to get like more of the Ospreys and the, I guess Pac is a normal guy, but like, yeah. like some of these well, international- Are you going to bring in guys outside of the company? Are you bringing in New yeah. Japan guys? Are, are you going to bring, bring in yeah, guys, yeah. Are, is all in going to be, I'm going to bring in and make like a forbidden door type thing where you're right. making these big batches. Right. And then all out is just going to be, okay, here's our storyline driven right. seven or eight matches that we're going to put on. Yeah. The one good thing that could come out of this is we might have like, a five or six match card on right. both these shows instead of being like two 15 match cards. So that could be one good thing, but yeah, I'm, I'm really fascinated to see how this is. I want to ask you about this too. So there's some reports coming out about, you know, Warner brothers potentially redoing their pay-per-view deal mm-hmm. with, with AEW as well, where AEW might be doing more pay-per-views even yeah. going month to month now. Uh-huh. Now I will be the first to say it. And this is on this show too. I will not be paying for every single AEW show if they go month to month. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. Sorry, I'm not spending 50 bucks a month every month on stuff, right? I know we can watch it on other means, but point being, not doing it. Sure. Now, if they can get on streaming service, though, like WWE's doing, mm-hmm. I'm all in for that. I do worry, though, that if you go to a 12-month thing, right, you're victim of what you've criticized mm-hmm. in the past, right, of not letting stuff breathe, you know, we're shotgunning everything. I want to get your thoughts on a potential move to a 8 to 12 pay-per-view schedule rather than the traditional core four. Yeah, five, so, I guess, five now. Yeah, five. Yeah. Um, yes, my my worry initially... Because they're going to do six this year Yeah. with All In. Yeah, so so my worry initially... Yeah. So, so the original thing is... The plan is to go to a streaming service, apparently, according yeah, to like right. Dave Meltzer and right, Alvarez. Right. Apparently, HBO doesn't have 
the capability to do streaming. Okay, like like live. like, like they like can't live, do the yeah. live streaming. Tap yet. into it. Yeah. Like like they are still working on the technology to right. do it. Right. Like that's what they want to do, and they've mm-hmm. been wanting to do it. They want to get away from Bleacher and go to HBO. Makes sense. Or or Max or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they just can't because Max can't hold. That bandwidth of people yeah. watching and, a live and, show. And I can appreciate the fact that they don't want to go to a service where they haven't tested it because the worst thing possible is, hey, our first show on HBO Max is this. Yeah, you don't want your you first show be on you don't want your first show being all in and then it yeah. cutting out every 30 seconds. Yeah, that'd be really You know bad. what I mean? So they're, really they're trying to get that like figured out and probably tested before. Yeah. And the first show is gonna be really bad because oh, yeah. of it. Because oh, like you're gonna have Oh, delays. It's, it's going to be the beginning checking. of the WWE Network, where yeah. it was a shit show for the first couple months. Yeah. But, so there's that. I think my biggest worry is, um, if they do the month-to-month, mm-hmm. is the Dynamites and the Collisions won't be as no, stack. granular no, anymore. No. It's going to feel like WWE shows, oh, where yeah. it's like, all right, so you have like... Seth Rollins and Finn Balor for the fourth time in a row because they're building for right. something else or whatever. Right. Like you're not going to get blood and guts on TV. Right. You're going to get it at the pay per view blood and guts. Yeah. Or you're you yep. know you're not oh, going to yeah. get you're not going to get MGF and Ricky Starks at Winners Coming the TV special. Right. That's because just the that's going to be the yep. new show is Winners Coming the pay per view. Yep. And you have to pay thirty dollars to watch it on pay per view now. Yeah. So I think that is what ultimately my biggest worry is yes. is. Like these shows, I think are going to get diluted because it's like, all right, we're not going to put the world title on a TV show when in two weeks we have right great balls of fire coming or whatever right. it yeah. is. No, or I agree. Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen or whatever they're mm-hmm. going to they're going to use all those names probably. Yeah, so. and that's another thing too. And I was thinking about this as we were kind of going on air. I was like, well, they could do a what WWE did a long time ago with the In Your House series, right? The problem is, is that when you've been giving that away for free mm-hmm. the last five years, you can't do a in your house winter is coming because you're like oh so i'm i already know what i'm getting like the quality is not better right because yeah. like now i have to pay for it when you're giving this to me for free yeah so you're hey i have to give me some sort of incentive because the whole basis behind the in your house was it's only a two-hour show right mm-hmm. but it's a cheaper price point right yeah. instead of forty dollars it's twenty five dollars or whatever right making sure, up numbers yeah. so in theory, they could have done that, but the problem is, is that they didn't start out with that. They're giving away Winter is Coming. They're giving away Fighter Fest and be, you know Bash at the Beach and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. When and you're doing this basically a two hour show or a three hour show breaking up between you know Rampage and Dynamite, Dynamite right? Show, whatever, yeah. You're get you gave it away for free, so you better be giving me something of a higher quality if you're going to expect me to start paying for it now. Yeah. In addition to that, right? It's like okay. You, you've been so reliant upon, like, these over-long-arching stories, right? How do you adjust yourself booking-wise now to where i got to make these shows worth it, right? Mm-hmm. i got to make, you know, we got to have some sort of progression. That's something that AEW really hasn't had to do. That's why I'm so fascinated. Now, one week is hard, but I'm fascinated with All In and All Out. I'm almost worried that they're going to dilute one another because you have them in back-to-back weekends, right, yeah. where it's like, Man, you, you're really promoting all out Wembley. Like this is a big freaking deal. But oh, by the way, we've got all out, mm-hmm. right? Or it's oh, yeah, all out's our biggest show of the year. Oh yeah, we're doing this big old show on Wembley the week before. But all out's the one we should care. Like yeah, you know what I mean? It's kind of like cannibalization, yeah. right? And I think obviously normally they're not going to do back to back weeks. No, I, it might just been like they had the all out venue booked. Yeah, and then they were like, oh, what days can we do all in? Oh, the week before. Yeah, well, we have to do it. Like right. you know what I mean? Like it might not have been a yeah well thought out or planned thing that they're right. going to have to make work. Right. But I, I think my biggest worry is the week-to-week show, I think, will almost become like 
Raw and SmackDown were mostly yeah. unwatchable. Yeah, you got a segment or two that you care about. Everything else is just like, all right, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And that's well, that's why I don't want because I think having blood and guts or having, you know, MJF, Adam Cole in their finals of their thing or whatever mm-hmm. on TV instead. Because if they, if they had a monthly pay-per-view, this entire blood and guts show, yeah, most of it show. would just be a pay-per-view on a Sunday. Correct. And be like, all right, here's the finals of the tournament. And then here's... Um, the Owen Hart finals yep. would be on that show. Yep. And then FTR and that tag match would have been on that show. And then blood and guts would be on that show. Right. And it'd be like, okay, cool. We get all of that on TV to, you know, right. boost a rating or whatever. Right. And now it's like, Oh, now we're going to get that all in one pay-per-view instead of on TV each. Yeah. Each week. And then you got to think about too, from a ratings perspective, right? Your ratings already kind of stagnant as is right now. If you're yeah, they're, you, right. Yeah, so fine. it's like, so it's like, okay, if they're just holding steady and now we have to dilute our television product because now we've got to produce, you know, eight to 12 pay-per-views a year, mm. you know, there's something you got to think about there as well, right? When yeah. it comes to renewing and all that stuff. Yeah, right? I really don't want them to go to the high number. I really yeah. like the five to six. Yeah. And just like put big show, put like a nine match card out there once every two, three months and let, yeah, let it go. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see, right? Because if owner brothers goes, hey, look, we'll pay for it. Yeah, it's no. kind of hard not to, yeah. right? I will say if they did 12 shows and each show was like a takeover where it was like five matches yeah. or something, mm-hmm. sure, I don't trust them to do that. Though. I feel like each show yeah. is going to be like nine matches long. I'm gonna be like, I don't need to watch yeah, a nine-match card every month. I can't month. do four hours every single month where we're just like, by the end of it, I'm like, I'm tired. I want to go home now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I guess um, there was more opportunity for Detroit to get one of these shows. Though, so that's true. That nice. That's true. Or like just anywhere in general getting a, yeah. a pay-per-view of some right. sort. So right. I think it's coming. I think it's coming anyway. I think yeah, we're gonna sure. be. I think we're gonna be in the running. Um, sure. uh, I mean, we, we can only get one of two because the other two stay in the same location every year. So frustrating. <laughs> it's so frustrating. We're coming back to Chicago. You never left. Yeah. You never left. Yeah. Ever. Chicago and Vegas are just yeah. locked in every year. Exactly. So we can only get. We're Revol- coming back to Daly's place. Oh really? Oh, you're coming back? I'm pretty sure you live there too. Like yeah. if you have four base locations that they go to, beyond maddening to mm-hmm. me. Uh, don't get me started on that. I was going to say, we would be mad if Detroit was one of the four base locations, but... Yeah, no shit. Um, but because it's not, we're going to be frustrated. A hundred percent, exactly. Um, let's shift focus. Go to the other channel. Let's go to WWE. Um, oh, you want to talk about the greatest segment on TV ever? I mean, we can. I wasn't going to I mean, go we could just gush. I mean, do you want to... We could just uh, gush about how much way. we love it and then keep going. Adam but. Cole, MJF. Adam Cole plus MJF equals... Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. It's mm-hmm. the best... It's fantastic. It really I, there's is. nothing else you can say about it. It's fantastic. I don't want it to end. It's amazing. I know what's going to happen. It's frustrating. I'm already upset, and it hasn't even happened yet. They haven't even teased it yet, and I'm already upset about what's going to finish. The one line it. where they were like, when when uh, Cole was like, man, I was going to cut your legs out from under you. Yeah, he's like, so and was I. Like, so was I. And I was like, Dude, I, oh, <laughs> that, my God, so that cackled me so hard. Yes, I love it. I love the gym thing where, you know, MJF They're puts up 245, of- and then Adam Cole's like, no, I got this. And then they cut away because you know he ain't benching the same amount as MJF is. And he's like, what the? what is happening? When he's Hilarious. making fun of the one dude. And he's like, Adam, Adam. Yeah, I, I, I was like, dude, this guy is so funny. Yeah. They're playing video games together. The whole I've never played a multiplayer game before. Yeah. Why we need friends for that? Is it, is it crazy? That MJF is so good at being both a heel and a face at like yes. the same time. Well, that and I, here's the thing, That's though. Crazy. It's crazy, but I, it's 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 one of those situations where it's because the crowd is in on it. This mm-hmm. I don't think this would have worked nearly as well twenty years ago. Because oh, no. you know, because you have so much social media interaction and stuff now, where you can you know the performance behind the scenes a lot more than you did, mm-hmm. right? Like, 
I think people can appreciate the character, and I think that they go along with it yeah. almost, right? Or it's like, oh, I know what you're doing. All right, I'll boo because I'm supposed to boo, rather than, oh, that was a dick move, right? Like, yeah. there's been a few times where he's been he's gone full heel, where people booed him out of the building, mm-hmm. but a majority of the time is every time his music hits, nobody goes, oh man, this guy's coming out. It's yeah, MJF is here, and then he's gonna say something that makes us mad. We're gonna go boo, and mm-hmm. then we're gonna have a lot of fun, right? Yeah. Like it's. It's never like the, ah, oh, shit, JBL's here. This mm-hmm. sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like one of those situations. Uh, it's, it's just phenomenal. That you I, pull I it dig off. it. I dig it. I love it. I love where the story's going. Um, if they, if they, you know, blow it off in the finals, I'll be upset. If they blow it off, if they win this, this whole tournament thing, which basically feels, the whole tournament very much feels like, hey, we just want Adam Cole and MJF to have more screen time. Without facing each other, that's yes. what this feels like. No, it was a it was a creative way instead of doing the yeah. whole like yeah. you're gonna have to fight through seven different rounds of people to get to me. That was like every MJF storyline for right. a really long time. Right, right, right. I like how the last couple pay per views, right? Like since the Brian one, the last two, I guess yeah, or yeah. three, they've found a, a new wrinkle way mm-hmm. to be like, okay, how can we get this story there without doing trials of MJF every single time? It's amazing how good they do this, and then you look at the Jungle Boy storyline and you go, this is rough. Well, it's a, it's he's, got, this, he's got an FTW title yeah. shot. I mean, it's the same way where it's like, how do you look at the bloodline and you yeah. go, how is everything else yeah. how do you so go? Bad? And then we go to Theory and you go, oh. Yeah, it's literally Theory <laughs> walks out right after the 40-minute bloodline segment and you go, how is it so 180? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's the same um, thing. It's crazy. Let's shift focus to WWE, though, right? Like I said, we're on the precipice of SummerSlam just a couple weeks away. Um, super excited about that. Um, I want to get your thoughts, Mike. You know, on on a couple things. Number one, I want to get your thoughts on all right this this Roman J thing, right? And we've talked about this at nauseum at this point. Are you are you a little bummed out that it's just a single and not more? Like I was really hoping we were going to get to the Fatal Four Way, and mm-hmm. it may be coming still, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, not but, at SummerSlam. No, not at SummerSlam. Clearly, um. It just feels a little bit like, yeah, but there's just no way Jay's winning this match. Yeah, so here's so here's where I'm at with it. Yeah. Is the same percentage that I thought that Roman could beat Cody yeah. is the same percentage yeah. I think that, that Jay could beat Roman. Roman, right. Like I do think there is like a line. A, a line there. Yeah. Is it high? Absolutely not. Yeah. But like you could convince me it could happen. Yeah. And that's a scary proposition. A hundred percent is, but yeah. like that promo he cut. Oh yeah, this past Friday yeah. or two Fridays ago. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know when it was, but when he was like, no, no, like, he was like really passionate about he wanted to be the new tribal chief. Yep. And yeah, that's it was like by himself. Too. I think it was last week. Um, I was I listening to that. I was like, man, they're real. Like, yeah, they're getting they're, they're pulling it. Like, yeah. yeah, like I can feel like if he won it, I'd go and maybe and he and I would also say the reason why I really don't think I think if Jay didn't pin Roman at Money in the Bank, yeah. I would feel a little more confident it would happen at SummerSlam. Right. I can't see him pinning him back-to-back right. pay-per-views. Right. That's another thing. I think the good thing about this build is, to your point, right, where, like, okay, I feel like we're going to be in the crowd that night, and I know for a fact they're going to get me at a point where he's going to hit the super kick. A thousand He's going to hit the splash, gonna, and you're going to go, Ro- Solo's gone. No, like, no one's Solo, there. Solo's going to accidentally hit him with the yes, spike or something. Exactly. Splash. Yep. There will be a moment where, where you Jay go, goes, you oh go, Jay's going to win this right now. Yeah. Oh, exactly. A thousand percent. Yep. And that's the, and I think at the end of it, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Right? And I think that's the thing that I think where you go, that's masterful storytelling. 
right? Yeah. Like that is something like, do I want Jay to beat Roman? A hundred percent. No, mm-hmm. no, I don't. I don't want it. I do think there's more meat on the bone for that Cody Roman. I didn't think we got enough of that, right? We got six weeks of it mm-hmm. and that's it, right? I do think there's more to it. But the fact that you've got, you have now elevated somebody like Jey Uso mm-hmm. to the main event and people can believe it and get behind it and are ready and are like, yes, let's go Jey Uso, right? I dig it. I really do. I dig it. I'm scared a little bit, low key. I just can't imagine they're going to pull the trigger on it. I just don't think it happens. I'd be shocked, but like I said, like that's why I say it's the same percentage because I was like, I, I was like, yeah. there's going to be a moment yep. Roman Spears Cody. I'm going to be like, man, it's going to get me because yep. I didn't think it's going to happen, but right. it's going to happen. Yeah. And then it like, happened, obviously. Yeah. Like, it's close enough to me at that point where I'm like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked mm-hmm. necessarily, but I'm like strongly on I'm, one camp. I like, have I a thought in my head of how the match is going to go, where it's mm-hmm. like Solo's going to try to interfere. Roman's going to get mad, so Solo turns on Roman. But then instead, when he do, when he finally decides to make the turn, he like hits a super kick on Jay instead. Oh, by then Roman hits Solo. Then Roman finishes Jay sure. off to win, and then that's how we spin it off into the three against him. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see that happening where it's like he was going to cost Roman, but he fucked up type thing. I could see that happening, but I'm just I'm I'm digging it. I'm loving the the fact that we can get you know we're elevating guys at the same time where we're keeping it fresh. We're keeping it where it's like okay, you can't miss these segments, right? And mm-hmm. it's something that WWE's not had in a very long time. Oh. Speaking of things that you can't miss anymore, yeah. Um, Mr. L.A. Knight is on a fever pitch right now. And we talked about, you know, him at the Money in the Bank a little bit. We thought he was probably the favorite going in. You know, they went with Priest instead. Um, is it almost at this point for you with the L.A. Knight character where you're like, okay, they either have to give him the U.S. title or they're going to completely miss the boat? Because I'm at the point where, like, he's continuously getting bigger and bigger reactions, mm-hmm. right? And everybody was losing their minds when they announced this U.S. Open Invitational thing, and he wasn't in it. Everyone's like, what? I can't even, what? you know what I mean? And then he came out, and he's like, next week. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, okay, good. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It feels like, because uh, wrestling promoters do this. Tony Khan's done it. Vince McMahon's done it. Triple H has done it, where it's like, hey, you have this really like popular character. Well, let's just wait it out a couple more weeks. And they go, no, like the, the mm-hmm. moment's right now, right? Yeah. Like, this is L.A. Knight's time. I'm not saying put the world title on him, rather, but, like, this is a moment where you've got a guy that is speaking solely organically. He hasn't been in one memorable feud since he got here. Yeah. But he's just getting over. And you have a guy like Theory who people are like, I'm ready for this to be different now. Yeah. Right? It just feels like that match made in heaven, but I'm worried WWE's willing to milk it even longer because you're like, well, you'll wait three weeks. You can wait another three weeks, yeah. right? I'm very scared That's for that, LA Knight that and, is and the, the momentum. Yeah, that is the WWE problem where I think at least yeah. Tony Khan sometimes realizes and then pivots misses, quickly. Because like the acclaim yes. we always bring up, but like yeah. he had like they lost the t- like they lost the match mm-hmm. all out yeah. and went that crowd reaction yeah. two we, weeks later. Let's book it again. Yeah, let's yeah. book it again, like yeah. right now. Yeah. Like they're like he's usually pretty good at that. But then we see like WWE with like the Rusev Day thing. Oh, when God. that was the hottest thing yeah. ever. And, and then went, nah, I'm good. No, nah, they're now nah, we're good. Yeah. And there's well you'll I'll, get the US title for three days. <laughs> yeah. But there's like a lot of instances of that yes. for in WWE side where it's yes. like, let's wait a month and see if if you're still hot. And it's like, right. why wait a month? Well, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, Daniel, Daniel Bryan, Bryan. Everyone's like, give him the title. And we're like, or 
or, or we cheat right? him out like yeah. or we times. do a dusty finish and he beats them and then we take the title away the next night remember that that was annoying too <laughs> yeah. the same night yeah well no remember because he beat Orton that next month at Hell in a Cell yeah. and then the next night he came out and they're like the referee made a mistake oh sure remember yeah. that right? I was thinking the yeah. money yeah. By no I'm thinking in, the, but dusty like, even, yeah, even the, the dusty next... finish the dusty finish is the baby face wins it and then by due to some technicality mm-hmm. we're going to take it away from sure, you and give sure, it back sure, to the world champion sure, sure. yeah so I am just, I'm a little nervous that, like, they're going to miss the boat on this guy yeah. who has gotten over organically. Mm-hmm. Like like I said, no big feud, no, like, five-star match where you go, who the fuck is LA Knight? It's strictly character. Mm-hmm. It's all character. It's all him going out, you know, cutting the jib and, like, just going for it, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm very nervous. I'm, I'm hopeful that we get him in theory at SummerSlam. It's for the title. Get the win because I think at that point you've got Somebody who's going to get probably one of the top three loudest reactions mm-hmm. in LA night, which is crazy to say. And then you're going to have the biggest like, nope, hard pass, go away, Baron Corbin level. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see you. Yeah. Right. And like that's a, that's something I want to see and I want to be a part of, but also I'm nervous that they're just not going to pull the trigger. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm very nervy. <laughs> yeah. Very nervy. Oh, well, helping that, um, the guy from the LWL, yeah, Santos Escobar. Uh, Santos Escobar. He won the first part. I was yeah. like, all right, so whoever wins the yeah. second part is going <laughs> to. Yeah. Maybe, hopefully. Oh, pretty, so. pretty, 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 Who's in that fourth part? Because like, So was you got sh- LA Knight. You've got Rey Mysterio. You've got. Sheamus. Sheamus is another one. And then you had someone else. Um, Because um, the first one had AJ. I thought AJ was like. Yeah, let me see. You US... AJ's not doing anything right now. Oh, that's not going to be right. WWE. Uh, oh, I looked this up. Tournament, I guess. You can just go to WWE.com. But the, I don't know. Did they have it located yet? <laughs> I don't I, know. Oh, I can I can find it. You actually. do it. You're much better at the Googles than, than me. I'm not yeah. not how you say good at things. Um, that's great. Imagine, imagine just not. Yeah, I suck. Um, looking things up. Yeah, no. Talk to me a little bit, too, while you're looking that up, right? Is... The WWE product and stock prices and merchandise and attendance. Did you find it? Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes. Okay, we're, I can't yeah. believe we missed him. Ray Mysterio, um, Sheamus, LA Knight, and Cameron Grimes. Okay, yeah, it was, one of these is not like the other, but it's fine. Sure. Um, well, Sheamus is pretty good. I was saying Cameron Grimes is Oh, not, one of these is not like, oh, yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure. I thought you were saying like one is above everyone else. I was One's, like, well, Sheamus is pretty so you good. You got a whole bunch of guys that are over and then Cameron Grimes. Yeah. Um, to the moon. Um, I, I, You know, it's an interesting time because as, you know, AEW is making so many great strides. You're getting Wembley and doing all these things. And then you look at the other side of WWE. And, man, they are literally have never been hotter. Mm-hmm. Like, monetarily, the attendance is way up. No. Gates are way up. Merchandise, ticket prices, stock price, every level that you can talk about in modic in like in moderate levels of success, they're hitting. Every week we see no. biggest show ever in New York in Madison Square Garden. You know, most paid attendant, right? You know, like, okay, we got the most money we've made ever at a pay per view, right? Ever. Yeah. You know, all this stuff. It's it's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. What what is it for you? Is it the bloodline storyline and this Roman Reigns thing? Is it just the fact that people are like, okay, Triple H is taking over, and you're just seeing because I do think there's been more depth yeah. from all storylines and like not so much like because the A story's always been pretty good for the most part, right? Like 
your main shit's always decent yeah. outside of like Brock holding the title hostage. But like for the most part, your Cena's, your Orton's, your Takers, those kind of guys, they've always been in good storylines. It's always been the second tier shit that's always been bad, mm-hmm. you know? Where I feel like now, I mean, we're going into SummerSlam, Mike. You've got a triple threat match with three of the most important women in recent history. You've got an Intercontinental title match that has never meant more, mm-hmm. right? We just talked about a U.S. title match that could feature two of the most, you know, reactionary characters yeah, on the show. People, right, yeah. thank you. That's a perfect word for it. You know, the tag titles, main event in WrestleMania, right? You just have so much depth now, it feels like, mm-hmm. in story now. And and I think they're benefiting from it. Where is it for you? What is that one thing where you go, man, they're just killing it on all cylinders. And you don't have to like everything, but the numbers speak for themselves. More people, and, and the number of the rating and everything is one thing, but like from a monetary perspective, they've never been hotter. Yeah, More people are spending more money and going to more shows than in, ever before. It's like a flip of a fucking switch. Yeah, I get it. For me, Since Mania on, it's been crazy. Yeah, for me personally, I think I was most invested yeah. in the last year or two was the Cody arc. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think that arc was most interesting. Yeah. I think I think truthfully having someone like Rome I think it's the when is Roman going to be beat storyline. Right. I think probably the most the thing that really brings everyone in. Right. In all honesty, mm-hmm. and I think that's why AEW was doing so well mm-hmm. when Kenny was champ in 2021, yeah. right when COVID came back, like when, yeah. when COVID was over and crowds came back, yeah. was there was that like year and like that half a year period over the summer and everything mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. everyone was like, when is Kenny going to lose? He's holding every belt ever. Yeah. When is he finally going to lose? Such and then a great time. everyone just like knew it was going to be hangman, but it was like, when is it going to happen right. kind of thing? Right. Um, I think everyone kind of knows it's going to be Cody. It better to be. do it. it I mean, it, be. I guess it could be it could be Jay or it could be someone along. It could be it could be Gunther for all we know. It could yeah. be anybody. Um, but I think it's the intrigue of like going week to week and going. Okay, like I think it's I think it's smart people trying to read through the storyline and yeah. go. When, what are they thinking? This, what yeah, are they right, thinking? Yeah. And when when is the time to do it? Right. How like, are we mapping this out? How does this go? How yeah, do we get there? Exactly. Right. And I think I think it's that. I think I think because it's interesting because you would think a long term storyline like this. Yeah. Would it, hurt business. Would like, hurt, okay. Roman's it, gonna be champion to Mania. I'll I'll be back at the Rumble. Yeah. Yeah. Like you think it would hurt in that yeah. sense? And if you're a fan, like say like. AEW kind of because I think AEW got a lot of people back. I think Punk got a lot of people back into wrestling, yeah. and then they kind of went, "Okay, let's see what WWE's doing." Oh, right. oh, there's right, this guy who's right. been champion yeah. for two years, right? Okay, okay, let's I'm test interested. that out. Yeah. Like, I think there oh, was Cody a, left. He's going to Cody, WWE. Yeah, Cody going to WWE, and right. a lot of guys go. I think that like AEW's helped a lot. In, oh yeah, in that success. To, to re, re rejuvenate, reignite the, the love of the of the game itself. Yes, yeah. and I think that has gotten eyes to the WWE. Yeah, I think it's the Roman thing. Of not necessarily the bloodline because I think if you came in last year right. and you're watching this bloodline story, yeah. a lot of it probably is either going, going over, over your, your head, head or yeah. like it's like you're four years in. It's like watching a TV show and you're starting in the sixth season yeah. and you're like, okay, I don't really know these characters too well <laughs> yeah. or anything, but like the story's really good, so right. I'll, I'll I'll figure things out right. as it goes. Right. I think it's really like okay, who's like let me let me be the guy to go. I think at payback. That's the guy. This guy's gonna do it, right, and right. I think it's like people yeah. like watching to figure out when he's going. Because yeah. the reaction, me and you were like, "Who cares?" The reaction when Roman lost in was, a tag match was ginormous. Was ginormous. Yeah, I was, was like, "Whoa, we gotta pull, we gotta calm it down." Yeah, yeah. Twitter was crazy for like three days yeah. afterwards. I can't believe he lost, and I'm like, "Okay." Yeah. And great. imagine when he like loses, loses the, the title. title. Yeah. 
Well, according to some people, the title doesn't mean anything. I go, well, then what are we doing? Yeah. I don't understand. But so yeah. in that sense, I, I yeah. really think it's the when yeah. is Roman going to mm-hmm. lose? And can I be the one to be like, I think it's going to be this guy at yeah. this time. Can my point. guy be it? Can yeah. my guy do it? I think the other thing, too, and WWE has been really smart about this. And I think it's something that AEW is going to do further as we go along here. And I think Wembley's the first instance. Going to markets they haven't been to in a while. Puerto yeah. Rico helped. Backlash was an okay show. But I do think the, it's it, the I, crowd. It helps when the sh- when the crowd doesn't is look like eating, a dead donkey yeah, out there. Eating everything up, yeah. right? Like there's a lot of matches yeah. on that backlash card. You're never gonna watch again. And that money in the bank card. Never gonna that watch. I'll again. never watch again. Nope. But in the moment, I said I can get through this card because the crowd was hot. Yeah. Because and, you felt the excitement coming through your television set and going, all right, yeah, all oh, big move there, right? Yeah. And and you get invested as a viewer when you're not there. If the crowd is just sitting there, mm-hmm. you don't. They could be putting on the best match ever. You're not gonna feel it, yeah. right? I always go back to Rock Hogan. Mm-hmm. You turn the sound off, match is terrible. Mm-hmm. Keep the sound on. You're invested in every move because the crowd is like every single thing these people do. I'm going crazy over because I'm just so happy that they're here, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just I can't believe I'm seeing this moment, right? Like yeah. Punk and Joe two weeks ago, magnetic energy was fantastic, but people are like. I, I can't believe we're seeing this, right? La, you know, FTR and Bullet Club Gold. They had them at the point where people are like, I don't know what else you can do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, stuff like that is, it's been huge, right, to be going to these areas. And I hope Detroit's like that for SummerSlam. I really do, because we really need to show out. Because they do we, need we really need to kind of earn the it, fact it, that we I was going to say, if, if we're just sitting on our yeah, hands if we, for if all we the time, suck, it's going to be shit. And it's going to be like, oh, great, we're never getting a show ne- ever, ever again. again. I know. Better so. get ready to that Chicago drive because we got to go to a lot of those. But the crowds going to place they haven't been to in a while. And I think that's why Detroit got this, too, by mm-hmm. the way. I think it's 100% why. It's like, okay, we haven't really had a major show since Mania 23. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, like big, big. I know they had the Rumble here, but the Rumble's... I think almost an outlier in mm-hmm. some capacity because it's really, you know, one match that people care about. You got to you gotta show out, right? I, I just think it's crazy how the business now is just like it's experiencing another boom in every capacity except for television rating because so much of it now is consumed on Twitter, right? You go look, oh, AEW Collision had a really nice match tonight. Okay, I'll maybe look that up on YouTube, mm-hmm. right? So you don't get that, you know, on TV, but I'll look up that match or I'll look up this or yeah. whatever. I just, I just find it crazy how good a business everyone's doing mm-hmm. right now. No, and then you have the NWA. So <laughs> that is so tough. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong though. I mean, no, yeah. you're not. Yeah. I mean, or, or yeah, I can do you one better. You have Ring of Honor. Oh yeah, I would love to say we could have previewed Death Before Dishonor because it's this Friday, but was, we don't have any matches to talk about. Yeah, that that was on my list of things to talk about yeah. this week, and then I said, oh, so we have. Athena versus Will Nightingale for the women's title. Which, by the way, that promo. Oh. Yeah. There's uh, Shibata versus Daniel Garcia, which I feel like for the hundredth time, but probably isn't. Yeah, I don't know. And then we don't know the world title match or the television title match. And that's or it, the right? tag title. Are the tag champs even on the card? Don't yeah. know. I haven't seen six man. Haven't nope. seen them in a hot minute. Nope. Six uh, mans. Who yeah. knows? Six mans on three guys that keep losing all the time. That sounds about right. Sounds good. Yeah. So that's the only stuff. So we actually just previewed it, actually. Yeah, there you go. You're welcome. Save your money. Watch it on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or or illegally stream it. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be it for this week's episode of the I'm Always Right Sports podcast. Next week, we've got our AFC division winners. We're going to be going over to determine our AFC champion. 
Um, we've also probably going to have some more wrestling talk for sure. We're probably going to review Death Before Dishonor if nothing else, if anything major happens. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's going to be tight window for me. I'm coming back from Vegas that Saturday night, so um, that might be Mike carrying that segment for us. Um, oh, you're telling me I have my jobs to watch that show? <laughs> That's crazy. Or just get a get a feel for it, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Um, Do maybe have... some guy's foot will go backwards like the last time they had a pay-per-view. Oh, it's 23rd. We, uh, we're going to do preview uh, NXT Great American Bash. Sure we are. And... Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> and we're going to read... We review Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor. Is what sure. I have, that's, that's what I have written down. Let's hope it happens. But that's going to be it for this week's show. On behalf of the Missing Whale Man, he's the Merc, so Mike Merkel. I'm the Mouth of Michigan, and we will see you guys, as always, next time. Yeah.